the technology behind the scenes is essentially what we refer to as a personal language model. You know, when we started the company three years ago, the development of large language model was known. But my co-founder and CTO, Sharon Zhang, she told me that to truly achieve what you're trying to achieve, you cannot start with a large language model because fundamentally we need to ground this data in small amounts of data, which belongs to an individual. So we actually start with something called a long-term memory, long-term memory of every person. And this memory is time-bound, like similar to how our lives are. As you go by your life, historically or continuously, we create this like memory unit, a unit of data. I'm Suman Kanuganti. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Personal.ai. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Spent six months moonlighting. There's nothing at the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart, and today, how Suman Kanaganti is creating a platform based on AI, but one that is personal and controlled by you. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open-sourced edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there, too. Terso makes this easy, utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Suman Kanaganti is married with a five-year-old daughter, which he greatly enjoys. He loves robots as a robotics major, but describes himself as a human-oriented person, one who wants to elevate the experience of people. Outside of tech, he enjoys playing volleyball and is a foodie with his wife. They enjoy yellowtail sashimi and modern Mexican fusion, but at home, they enjoy remixing cuisines with different spices. In his previous company, Suman built solutions around augmenting the human experience for blind people. Moving forward, he wanted to expand this to allow people to use AI to create long-term memory, personally for you and for your loved ones. This is the creation story of Personal AI. Personal AI, in short, is a AI version of an individual person. More importantly, that is grounded in them in their facts, in their opinions, in their thoughts, in their voice, that actually belongs to them. They own it, not only the data, but also the model for everyday use, for everyday communications and, you know, having it as an extension of you as much as having a second you of yourself to work in your favor. We started this company more than three years ago now. We've been building technology with this core premise or thesis of a AI version of an individual because I 
lost a mentor of mine who I learned a lot from. I wanted to have a intellectual conversation and emotional conversation to keep up with my learning curves as well as just being able to have that kind of access on my day-to-day basis in my journey of building startups. So in my previous company I built this company called Ira AIRA which is more about technology uh, augmenting the experiences for people who are blind and low vision. So this company started about like how can you augment your own mind to the point where we can actually have conversations beyond the limitations of like our own time, our own availability, our own uh, kind of access to other people. At the core our intention is to give a model for every person that they can scale themselves for their loved ones as well as for their colleagues or communities and you know you name it. Let's dive into the MVP then. So tell me about that first version of the product you built. How long did it take to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? So we call the first version of the product model 1. The technology behind the scenes is essentially what we refer to as a personal language model. You know, when we started the company 3 years ago, the development of large language model was known but my co-founder and CTO Sharon Zhang she told me that to truly achieve what you're trying to achieve you cannot start with a large language model because fundamentally we need to ground this data in small amounts of data which belongs to an individual so we actually start with something called a long term memory long term memory of every person and this memory is time bound like similar to how our lives are as you go by your life historically or continuously we create this like memory units a unit of data that surrounds you that understands in the context has the relevant piece of information and over a period of time it builds you know a stack on top of this long term memory we build this personal language model this this language model you know for people who are tech savvy and who is following the ai trends does not actually depend on large language model it's it's our own implementation of personal language model and then comes you know just generally this idea of like api around your model right meaning you are your own ip address you have your own ip address So the first first use case turns out to be can I talk to Larry AI can I you know what would Larry do in this particular situations so it's it's useful today for communication purposes you know you probably are receiving multiple different text messages from everyday people you probably have many different means to be able to write on a day to day basis or reply to people so you can use your own personal AI to be able to generate responses that is grounded within your own data not the general data within your own data that constructs meaningful responses to questions to you know brainstorming ideas to you know chatter that people would want to have so it's technically having a conversation with you you know but your AI self let's stay on that mvp for a minute With with any MVP you've got to make certain decisions and trade-offs around how you're going to approach it, how you're going to build it, how you're going to um limit your the way you start. So tell me about some of those you had to work through and how you cope with those decisions. I think there are a lot of learning curves that happened over the past, you know, 3 years of development, right? So because we think about in contrast, you know, LLMs has been in development for like 9 years. We started off this experience of, you know, human communicating to the AI because, you know, naturally that's the UX people expect. One of the challenges I think was there was a cold start problem. Like for example, Noah, like I don't know you. Like I don't know what I would talk with you. Like there is no existing relationship for us to continue the conversation as much as like starting new. The experience that people were looking for was more of a augmented experience, not necessarily a replacement experience. we shifted our ux from a human to 
you know, simply just the human to AI experience to actually a human to human communication tool with like AIs in the loop. For example, you know, when you send me a message, like almost like a text message, even in my text or in, even in like you know, personal AI native application, my AI will draft a response for me and I will have an opportunity to review it and then send it. But I will have an also an opportunity to kind of edit it. So I think the, the road to MVP specifically around how this use case is constructed, how it could be useful for people in a way that is not like too burdensome. You know, it's almost like integrated into your everyday life. So we wanted to make the training idea passive. And it took a while for us to figure that out. Like, you know, how do you make the training process so easy, so passive that you're not actively thinking about, oh my God, now I had to train my data. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for CodeStory listeners. Head over to terso.tech CodeStory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech slash code store. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud cost, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. Then moving forward, you've got your you know first version of the product. How did you progress it and mature it from there? And I'm curious about how you go about building your roadmap. How do you go about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with personal AI? You know, in my previous company, build that company with like so integrated into the community itself, like with blind people, right? With this company, the problem was a little bit different. In other words, we had this like multitude of uses that you can potentially go after with these models of individual. Like you can serve people with like dementia, like with the early stage so that way they can remember everything and you can recall things when you're going about your daily utility. But that requires, you know, a different form factor that has different sort of challenges. Okay, then you can go after thought leaders who would want to almost like scale themselves because I myself like, you know, lost a thought leader who I want to communicate. So there is a demand in there. But that requires a lot of work, like upfront, to be able to create their AIs as well. The approach, at least few things that worked out for me was, like even year one, when we were trying to figure out the data structures, when we were trying to figure out like R&D and technology, we started talking to people. And during that time, I used the technique called like ethnographic studies, which is like more open-ended, like to kind of understand what is happening in people's life with a very vague imagination of what a potential product would look like. And 
if it exists. So during that time, it was all over the place, right? Like depending on if you are talking to a professional CEO or if you are talking to a small business person, if you are ta- if you are talking to like a mom, right? There's all over the place. So I think I think we started like very broad, doing like multiple different ethnographic studies. And once we had that initial product, then we narrowed down to specific groups of people that would get the time to value much faster, right? Because obviously there is like a little bit of training process involved, and you know eventually we want everybody to have their own personal AI. But you know, got to start somewhere. So, so I think the second narrowing was more centered around how can we get these AIs useful to them, where there is super high need, but at the same time time to value is much faster. And then lately, over the past, I should say three to four months, is is the biggest unlock in terms of like you know market forming. And I'm glad that it kind of goes to the original thesis of you know scaling people, which is which is this like personal brands. You know, personal brands are people who has specific personal data and they have a moat. They probably are solopreneurs. They could be running small businesses. They could be like thought leaders, coaches, and leaders, and maybe sometimes motivational speakers as well. But these are small group of communities. They may serve just hundred, a thousand, yeah, at the most ten thousand. They they're not celebrities, right? They're not like these huge influencers out there. You will see with like millions of followers, but they have their moat, and their moat is their personal data. Ultimately, that's where we belong, and that's our first market to go after. Tell me about team. Let's switch over there and tell me about how you built your team and what you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you. You know, I started this journey in like September of 2019, right? You know, this was even pre-COVID. I was still exiting out of my previous company. So I spent like at least two or three months to even get my own heads wrapped around what am I going to do with this concept. So after reading multiple different research and papers, digging into memory, how human memory functions, how the models functions, I knew one thing, which was AI. I'm a technologist myself. I'm an engineer. I have a robotics major. I'm a developer. I'm also data systems. And one of the reasons why I came building startups is I almost was confident that I know a lot of technology, so I can I want to build experiences. I never had a hands-on experience with the AI myself. Uh, I did the previous company, but the ML engineers, you know, kind of did it for me because I was running the product and company and business. So I went after looking for my CTO, who is super expert in AI, and that's Sharon Zhang. True story: I had 120 people that I spoke to. <laughs> so I took my time to put the team together, and then I also brought in my, you know, previous designer UX focus, given the nature of personal AI and how the UX needs to be built. So we three together came in Feb of 2020 to create the company, and March COVID happened. So we had to like shift strategies, and you know where we are going to build the company. So it turned out to be like a little bit more hybrid. And over a period of time, I will tell you, I think as the company evolved in terms of shaping up uh, how the model is, how the use case is, how the UX is, the talent kind of shifted as well. We always got the talent, and and there are people who stayed along through the journey. And sometimes we had to be honest and be transparent about ourselves. You know, when it is not a fit, because the company is headed in a different direction, uh, then we had to make choices. But at the end of the day, we are all together working in this you know, full mission of First AI. One of the things I do with team is you always need to be open-minded. You know, who is the next right target for the potential company? I always. I always favor people who has the vision of where this company can head to and you know work hard to make it happen. So right talent, right time, yeah, right mindset, 
with this core idea of like respect to the human beings is 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 fundamentally important for our team and that's what we are it's it's a it's a very diverse team as well this episode is supported by treble this day and age apis are a fact of life and as such product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight real time and data rich to help them ship and maintain apis faster that's where treble comes in treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire api lifecycle The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble, super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com/codestory. That's t r b l l e.com/codestory. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done. IE encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution, encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over a hundred million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cipherstash.com/codestory and get started protecting your data. Let's switch to scalability then. So, did you build this to scale efficiently from day one, or with scale in mind, or is this something you're fighting as you grow and gain traction? I think scaling is probably um, different at different times of the company. So far, we've been very much focused on scaling efficiently. In other words, built a company before, which was Ira. So it's it's definitely a capital efficient company. I always tell people, "Hey, with eight million dollars that we raised, we actually built something fundamentally different set of models, which is personal language models." In contrast to like you know huge raises that normally happens in the industry, so we are very much like a, a company with a ground up approach, you know, with the problem and the technology and the models with the right people, not necessarily like the top down thing that is happening within the AI space right now, you know, with like a lot of deep pockets like putting in money into buying the markets. I think where we are right now is a spot where the the market needs are there. People care about privacy. People care about personal data. People care about ownership. But more importantly, the ultra personalization of what we are able to offer to the market is yet to be seen. We are just getting out from our heads down mode of building and talking to few niche groups of people and customers to now actually putting personal AI out there for anybody to start building their own model and you know use it in their daily basis. and i think of course you know that scale requires a little bit of different thinking a business mindset 
a operational driven focus it likely move from like technology operations to more like business operations and the talent need will change and the capital needs will change and those are all of course the things that we will have to build as a business i guess so as you step out on the balcony and look across all that you've built what are you most proud of i'm proud of sticking to the principles that we are as a company because i will tell you even like you know one to two years ago or even like 18 months ago the intention of creating an ai version of you was like wow you know let's pause there for a second right just people getting their heads wrapped around uh, was difficult so i'm i'm actually happy with all the ai trends that are happening right now because there is generally awareness generally openness and willingness to kind of think through beyond what we are used to you know what you know normal ways of doing things and that that happens like every 20 or 30 years and we are all seen that you know now there is enough digital footprint to kind of look at the historical trends to kind of anticipate what's going to happen next so what i'm more proud of is sticking to personal models sticking to the scalability and efficiency of these models sticking to the principles of you own the data you control the data you own the model because attribution is still a big problem with the large language model ownership is a big problem with the large language model what happens to the transparency safety ethics those are all the attributes that we have thought through and you know the reason we exist is the reason why you know the macro ai issues are now getting to surface so yeah so in a way i cannot wait to be out there and say we are you know the solution or one of the solutions for the issues that people are thinking and talking within the ai space which i think is really important and the reasons we have that is probably because we started off with focusing on the problem and the human and build the technology around it not necessarily the other way around let's flip the script a little bit tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it there were like some early signals on what kind of experience that people were looking for specifically around interactions in the conversations i think there were like some other forces that were acting on us because you know we also need to kind of raise the capital to be able to finish development of the models that we were building and realize the true potential and vision of what we were aiming after which we are at a place like right now but then there is this constant stress and pressure of showing the traction as well like even early days you know for a tech company but we are more of a you know model development company like early on because there is there is tons to develop before we are even in a position to experiment so i think we could have probably taken a different approach rather than kind of like going to the market and putting something out there for people to like hop on while building the development because guess what i think as a company with a limited amount of capital you can only do one thing really good while trying to serve the customers who are coming in and while trying to build the once you have the engine you still have to build the body right like doing simultaneously while riding the car is extremely difficult so i think we could have done like maybe different like alternate approaches maybe we could have altered our course of action in terms of how many customers that we would want to speak to eventually we made like explicit choices on you know closing the doors for like specific use cases and opening the doors for specific use cases and like narrowing in on to uh, you know what kinds of personal data formats that we will support what kind of you know personal outputs in terms of ai that we will support and that required a little bit of hard decisions and we had to communicate to our customers like hey sorry we will not be able to support speech because we are not necessarily focusing on like meeting transcriptions right 
but there are people who are using those functionalities for those use cases but we cannot you know fulfill those promises so yeah so i think just again going back to like the transparency and being honest and being brutal and truthful to yourself there were some some mistakes and some corrections okay this will be fun especially given you know everything in the industry and all the hype right now what does the future look like for personal ai the product and for your team one of the core alterations to how we would communicate with the services i believe will change with personal ai what do i mean by that what we are doing is we are building a long term memory for every person we are building a model for every person there is an ip address for every model to interact with you right so every piece of data the communication that you're doing on the internet it has to leave through your personal ai and it has to come to your personal ai so rather than opening an app and sending your data to a service provider imagine opening up an app and the service provider makes an api call to you that not only provides or protects the privacy of the data transfer that is happening but also gives you this ultra rich personal experience because every service that exists out there you know uber or airbnb or you know doordash any messaging experience like you know that you are having with other person is very limited everybody compartmentalizes our life into their platforms and then tries to fit in and then shares the data across many different platforms they're not working in the favor of the consumers and not to the ultra personal experience that we are hopefully looking for as individual human beings so flip that narrative let the services provide that super ultra personal experiences give that control to the user users will give the data but give the control to them and so as so i think in the future there will be more personalization but that requires this fundamental change of giving that control and letting services make an api call to the people you know for them to make more money but at the same time protect this privacy and respect individual person rather than just like aggregating the data left and right everywhere let's switch to you who influences the way that you work you know name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why i know you mentioned a mentor earlier and i'm curious if you'll if you'll mention that person again but tell me tell me who influences you i mean larry bork is definitely one of my go to people in terms of like who i aspire to be i think i picked up a lot of his characteristics yes i mean i'm a technologist and i have my own brand but i think i picked up like how to approach issues or techniques of people or even negotiation i think i think i definitely look up to him in my personal life of course like you know my parents but i but i think if i had to push through in the in the professional life i do like following ben thompson he's a analyst the reason i like him is his thought process on uh, how he approaches like different macro situations that are happening around the space yeah sure he focuses on the technology which is i am in uh, but the synthesis and the analysis and the conclusions that he drives gives me a different form of thinking a different form of like applying some of those thoughts into my own work life so i think you know he's one other person that i can probably say publicly he's a public figure <laughs> that i would idealize yeah we talked about you know some mistakes earlier but this is a little different spin if you could go back to the beginning what would you do different or where would you consider taking a different approach it doesn't have to be something that you know went wrong could have worked but maybe tweak it a little bit i would be launching personal ai in november of 2022 right so technically we just put our like beta product out there in uh, in april before that it was mostly like experimentation and beta 
So if I were to do different, I would like probably alter the sequence of events that happen. But I would also remiss if I don't say that if we haven't experimented early on, we probably wouldn't be landing at the same place where we are today. If I would know in the future, I would probably have like better answers. But I think the only thing I would say is I would probably have made better choices in regards to the strategy on when to do what to do and what kinds of investments need to be made for um, you know cultivating the relationships with the people who were interested in building that was my eyes so i think we probably like did too much experimentation uh, early on i would probably like alter the course of experimentation a little bit different okay suman last question so you're getting on a plane you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing they're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off the world. And can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person, having gone down this road a bit several times? My advice would be just to stay grounded, right? I mean, I think the entrepreneurial journey, I think we all like see what is in the media, right? But on the other side, I think the reality is you have to embrace and accept the good, the ugly, the bad, and the ups and downs. So one thing that I stay tell people, like, you know, in terms of advice would be just stay grounded because... You will have some good times and you will have some bad times. But either way, you got to like remain within your own control and ground yourself into the truth and then take what is your next step. Don't get carried away either way too much. That's fantastic advice. Well, Suman, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of personal AI. Thank you, Noah. It was fun. It's definitely an interesting set of take on the podcast for sure. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.